Share delicious vegan cooking with someone you love. With more than 400 online lessons, home chefs of all skill levels are sure to enjoy the gift of plant-based courses. Show your appreciation and let them know you care with an introduction to healthier home cooking by visiting vcoco.com forward slash the jealous vegan. That's V-E-E-C-O-C-O dot com forward slash the jealous vegan for 10% off all gift cards for the jealous vegan audience. I just bring this up because it is in the place of like habit change and as you're adapting, she's trying to change habits. She's also having this rebound situation. What's happening? She's needing contact. She figured out a way to get it. Under COVID, with kids, 10 days. I'm not condoning it, right? And, and uh, I am not an advocate for premarital. Or advocating it. Yeah. I'm not advocating premarital sex or using any, the apps or any of the things. I'm just letting you know, it's a very fundamental thing. And teenagers are especially, especially brilliant at figuring out how to get what they want, <laughs> especially if somebody says they can't have it. Am I wrong? Not wrong. I'm an angel. Oh, you're right. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today, we are joined by... April Frazier, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer. Jendai Jackson, owner of Jendai Asha Creative, also known as The Entrepreneur. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. Lawrence Rassall, The Weekend Chef, also known as The Artisan. I was recently doing some 2021 planning with my manager and we got into a conversation around how soon will we be back in the office? How soon will our customers be back in the office? How do you think things will progress with the recovery from COVID, especially here in the United States, because we work specifically with the federal government. So kind of how the government goes is how our organization will function. And so we got into a conversation around the tremendous ripple effect that would happen if people kept working from home and did not return to the office. And so the conversation went around how the economy, especially related to commercial real estate. So here in Washington, DC, we've got all of these office buildings, a lot of them sitting relatively vacant for the last several months. And not just those businesses that would really collapse, but how about all of the downtown restaurants that are primarily geared towards the lunch crowd or companies that do catering for business lunches? And how do all of those organizations survive when people don't come back to work? And so one of the questions that it started to make me think about are just in general, our habits that maybe we have set down as we moved through March and into a period of more severe restrictions and quarantine, especially here in the Washington DC area, that really haven't revived yet. So then it made me start thinking like, has COVID really changed how we work, how we operate, how we function forever? Or is it just for a period of time? I'm curious what you guys think. So I immediately I've had been, a, honest ooh. for me. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to Everybody. jump in, yeah. Hot topic, hot topic. We'll start with Jindy. So I immediately had a negative mindset on this. I was like, ain't nobody changing. We're not 
you know, like for the better or for the worse, as soon as it's over, we're humans, we're all going to go back to the same exact way as we were before. But in an effort to open my mind, you know, has COVID changed us forever in Google? And an article, I think it was on Politico, popped up and there was a whole list of things that people surmise, are, is, you know, has changed forever because of COVID. Now, I don't necessarily feel like I, because my eyes glazed over. I, I can't say that I, <laughs> that I agree with anything, but the one thing that stood out to me is what you said, Jen. The question, is there any good reason to do this in person? That stood out to me, right? Because before it's like we need to meet, you know, face to face or go in the office, da, 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 da. but now is there any good reason to have to do this in person? For the introvert, I love it. I love, is there any reason why we need to do this in person? I checked in, so I'm a full-time entrepreneur now for about a year. So I checked in with my old office, the the job that I left before I became a full-time solopreneur, and I asked them how things are going. And they said that actually the whole department that I was in now works from home permanently. We had just moved or expanded to another floor. So our company was split into two floors. And I mean, I thought it was smart. I thought it was genius. The person that I was talking to said that she hates it because she's an extrovert and she needs to see people and she needs to meet in the office, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I thought it was genius because they had just bought this whole new floor. And like you said, Jen, without any reason to be there with all this, this vacant space, why don't we just cut costs and figure out how to do this at home? I think that um, the work from anywhere, entrepreneur, we're living in a golden age. Can't tell you how many people I know personally who are slaying the entrepreneur game. And I'm not talking about, you know, growing a business and and having little money. Like the struggle for for growing a business is always a challenge of the entrepreneur. I know people who are having five and six figure months and doing it 100% online with distributed teams and virtual assistants that work from anywhere that blew up because it made the the technology just came forward that you have to do everything online. Yeah, you could be in Greece, assuming you they let you in. Yeah, you could be in Portugal, wherever you want to be. If they'll let you in, yeah, you got internet, you got a business. I'm serious. Like, so yeah, I don't think I personally feel like this is a golden age for entrepreneurs and COVID just highlighted it. Like wherever you don't need a brick and mortar, you don't need those overhead expenses. You can run your business. And of course, this doesn't apply to businesses like an electrician or some place where you need to be physically present and work with some hardware. But if you got a, a service-based business or an electronic product-based business, there's no reason for you to open a store. There's no reason for you to try to open a, you got it. Work from anywhere. Hashtag, let's get it. I'm the other side of that, right? Because I'm a hairstylist, so I've got to go in and I've got to see people. And it's a two-edged sword because what I find is people are not getting enough social interaction And they're kind of losing it a little bit. (laughs) And, you know, some people who maybe weren't even wrapped so tight to begin with. Jen held up her hand, audience. I just want to point that in. (laughs) Both Uh, of those apply to me. (laughs) So I think that's one of the things. I think if people can still find a way to to connect, meaningfully connect with people and get that that bit of interaction, then, you know, it'll be it'll be great. But 
I can't say that it's bad. I think it'll just be a learning curve like everything else. People will have to learn how to adapt and then we'll be on the, the other side of it. But um, from what I hear from my clients, they hate it. It's awful. They're in the house all day. Their kids are driving them nuts. Their husband's driving them nuts. Their dog is driving them nuts. Like, so, but I think humans, we're, we're highly adaptable. We'll adapt. But that part doesn't we'll... need to be permanent, right? Like, it's just a question of, do we, does it have to be? Like restaurants, for example, I, I dream of my favorite restaurants. I had little spots I used to perch up in, in D.C. when I lived in D.C. proper. <sighs> that can't be gone forever. I need Take that. Out. No, it's not the same. It's the experience. I used to chat up the bar. No, like, I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah. Can't be gone forever. Yeah. I, I can't live like that. <laughs> right. What I was going to say is that uh, I'm speaking, I'm thinking about, we're talking about us as adults and we understand, you know, the the pros and cons with COVID. But I'm thinking about this new generation, literally, that was born post-March 2020. I have a workmate. She had a baby, I think, in December. And so most, I shouldn't say all women, but most women will keep their child inside for a period of weeks or or maybe months before they bring the child out. And then they start interacting with, you know, uh, her friends and babysitters and grandparents. But I thought about her child. He is not able to do that. So you think about just how he will grow up. I'm not saying never, but the the interactions with other children won't exist because they're at home. And so children are are a high risk for this virus. So I'm thinking about that. And to me, I'm thinking about just the the behavior challenges that will result from COVID 2020 going forward for our young people. So that's what I'm I'm concerned about the most. That's a good point. Socialization. Yeah, because I mean, you think about all of us. I mean, we we, we went to kindergarten. We uh, we played, you know, with our cousins. We played with neighborhood friends. But all that is gone because we're scared that we may uh, contract this virus or our child may contract it. So that's all gone. So I hadn't thought about that, and even. And even just when you're developing as an infant, being in different environments and being exposed to different sounds and smells and and having people around you, right? Just the the learning that takes place as you're starting to take in information from the world around you is not going to happen the same because you've been home for the first year of your life, basically. That's that's rough. I think even navigating some of the older ages, right? I, I mean... I can't imagine what it's like to be a middle schooler right now. Digital classes, you're already at an age where kids are kind of mean and we already live in the age of cyberbullying and whatever else. And now you've got this whole other thing to to deal with. You're trying to do classes and make friends and all of it socially. Uh, One of of my, you know, clients came to me and she said, you know, I feel really bad because I'm so short tempered with my kids. And she's like, I'm cursing all the time. I want them out my face and out my hair. And she's like, I know that it just comes from a place of frustration. And she's like, I'm honestly, I'm not a good parent right now. And so I'm thinking about her kids and the ages that they are. And just like, you're already like a teenager. You got a lot going on. And your mom is yelling at you. And your dad is where? And like, how is that? We had an episode about, you know, 
shaping your, you know, forgiveness and your parents and all like, how is this going to go into the next generation of like, I don't like my parents and I'm going to therapy because COVID 2020 just really affected our relationship. You know, it's, it's so I think there are some real consequences to think about some real things moving forward to think about, especially for the young people. Again, to speaking to what uh, Lisa is saying, I mean, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the infants, but we're talking about now this adolescent into the teenage years. And they're already at a deficiency Then I think that we are. We understand the value of of, uh, you know, right now we're on Zoom so we can see each other's faces. Um, but you think about these adolescents they're moving into forming relationships, romantic relationships, eventually all that's going to be skewed and diverted in such a, a negative way. And, and just will they have relationships and, and not feel the need to physically um, engage with each other because they, they're just used to doing it via Zoom and, and, and MS Teams. So when Lisa mentioned middle school kids, I was like, do you know how many people aren't going to get their first kiss this year? Yes. How tragic is that? (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot lot of other things that aren't going to happen that might not be so tragic about that. (laughs) (laughs) But But, I mean, to speak to that, I mean, you think about, I mean, some of us are like for me, I'm just with sense and, and, and hygiene. So you figure, you know, by us being in this environment, we're not exposed to (laughs) <laughs> that aspect of relationships, just odors and, and smelling because I mean, and when you finally do get a chance to interact with that person, are you, are you going to re- relate to them the same way that you did via zoom, but now you're having to, you know, smell their, I don't want to say their odor, but you know what I mean? But we're forgetting something very fundamental about humans. Okay. We always, we always find a way to do what we want to do. Always. And I have a, a study buddy who um, is recently single and she she said she went on one of these dating sites and she was like, you know, somebody put a bug in her ear. She needs to start dating. This is just a few weeks ago. OK, she needs to start dating again. She went on the, like, the site and she was just like found someone. And within 10 days, they live kind of far apart. So her justification was, Hey, let's stay together. So that way we can have several dates versus like trying to figure out how to see each other four hours apart. So within 10 days, he was staying at her house. Okay. And she has children. So I just bring this up because it is in the place of like habit change. And as you're adapting, she's trying to change habits. She's also having this rebound situation. What's happening. She's needing contact. She figured out a way to get it under COVID with kids, 10 days. I'm not condoning it. Right. And, and uh, I am not an advocate for premarital or advocating. It, I'm yeah. not advocating premarital sex or using any, the apps or any of the things. I'm just letting you know, it's a very fundamental thing. And teenagers are especially, especially brilliant at figuring out how to get what they want, <laughs> especially if somebody says they can't have it. Am I wrong? Not wrong. I'm an angel. No, you're right. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That means we're all safe with you. Um, I was thinking about just parts of like the mundane parts of life that have changed. So one thing I was talking to someone about our podcast and she's a fan and she's like, I haven't listened in so long because 
I'm hardly ever in the car anymore. And how we have things that we associate with different activities. And when that activity ceases, everything else ceases as well. So I was thinking about um, my routine was pretty good. Even when I would travel, I would read my Bible, write in my journal and get in some exercise. I do maybe one of those three things on a pretty consistent basis. And it's because I don't, it's like the, the pressure to get up and get going and start my day is not the same. Like I can just pull my laptop into the bed if I don't feel like doing anything else. Or at this point, even I'm not sure I want to go back to the gym. Like I'm still uncertain how safe it is, despite the fact that I went and walked around and they explained all their safety protocols now. And, and so it's just, it feels like, so I don't, I don't listen to podcasts as much because that's when I would listen to them primarily is at the gym. I don't consume as much news, which is probably not a bad thing uh, because I'm not in the car but I also just find myself like, oh, I used to listen to books on tape as I drove and I don't do that anymore. Not that I can't do it at home. It's just not what my routine was. I've had kind of the opposite because I don't have the type of job where I can work from home. So when we were forced to shut down, I was really in the house all the time with nothing to do. And then I hit this wall of like, this is not sustainable for me. Like this is, and so I've, force myself to come up with these new systems and these new habits that I have taken into, you know, lockdown is over. Uh, my life has kind of resumed back to normal, but I've set these new boundaries for myself where like I wake up early in the morning and I go, you know, I work out and I do stuff that I wasn't doing before. COVID forced me when my salon did open back up uh, COVID forced us. We couldn't take, but you know, we could only take one person at a time. So I'm not double booking and changed my hours a little bit. So because it's just a lot and the cleaning and the chemicals and whatever else. And it's funny because now even looking back, I'm like, I don't know how I was working like that before. I don't know how I was, you know, seeing 10 or 15 people a day. And like, I don't know how I was doing that. And honestly, I have no desire for it to go back. I, I like, this new system that I have set up, but I feel like COVID forced me to look at how I'm caring for myself, especially as someone who's in a, in a service industry, how am I caring for myself? How am I rewriting that? And now these new outlook, these new things that I've outlined for COVID, like what am I not going back to? And like, it's okay to not go back. It's, it's okay to like not be exhausted and work until 9 PM and like do this ridiculous thing that Honestly, when I look back at it, I'm like, I don't know how I was doing that. <laughs> like, I felt like it was really autopilot. There's some good and some bad, I think. Break some habits and make some habits. And To your point, though, Lisa, you just brought out, though, right? You're doing, you slow down and you're doing less. I'm curious about your happiness quotient and also, okay, that means less money, right? Does that diminish your quality of life to have less money or did you find some way to, how did you find to adapt? Yeah. So in terms of the less money, I mean, I'm a business owner, so I can always adjust my prices to figure that out. But also I found that, well, everything's closed. So we're not, we're not eating out as much as we used to. I'm not going to get my nails done on a regular basis. I'm not doing all of the things that it's so funny, actually, when, when COVID started and I wasn't working and my husband, he does all the bills and he was like, you are expensive. You know that? 
you know how much money we save? Like, you're not even working. And, like, I don't, we don't feel the difference? Like, ma'am, you got to get a hold of yourself. So I think you just, you learn to adapt and, and do, with, do with less. I, I grocery shop more. I cook more. We don't eat out as, as much. We haven't gone out to dinner. So that part, you know, we navigate. And like I said, as a business owner, I have a little bit of flexibility there. And also my clients have been really understanding about that. You know, I am taking a cut and the price of whatever. And so I, I've navigated that in a way that makes sense. In terms of taking care of myself, I actually think it's been it's been so much better because I have been able to really make time for what's important, be able to refocus on this is really what makes me feel good. I, I've gotten to get into like stuff that I've said I've wanted to get into forever. I started studying about herbs. I've started making teas and all sorts of real hippity dippity kind of stuff, which is totally my vibe, which I felt like I could never do before because my schedule before would be, you know, I would work from nine to eight. It was that's all day. By the time you come home, it's like eat and go to bed and do it again. But now I, I have time. I have my mornings. I can I journal now. Who knew that was a thing? Um, <laughs> so I think it's 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 been really good growing pains in the beginning because I was like all the worry of all the things of like, what do I do now? But once I really got into it and realized it's slower. Yes, but I'm better for it and not making the same amount of money, but still OK. So it's good to have a husband. And I got a husband. True that. <laughs> I was going to so. say, you got to have So, yes. Yes, yes, but, yes. But you learn, though, right? That you don't maybe, maybe need as much as you think you do. Or you can adjust, make some adjustments when it's hard to see that when you're going fast and furiously. But Lisa, has, has COVID changed you forever? Right? I, I think that that's the big question. Because I, too, have some of the, the feelings and the experiences that you have. But... Even though I work for myself, I have a feeling just because we're creatures of habit, right? This, so say COVID lasts a year, right? That's one year out of however many years of life we're going to have going forward. Just because we've had this one year transformative experience, the negative Nancy in me says, as soon as it's over, Everything's going out. Everything's going out of our head. Everything's going into the toilet. Like, I just, I feel like it's just not going to last. And I would like that to be different, but I feel like it's not. So my question to you is, has COVID changed you forever? I would say yes. And it was funny when you said if COVID lasts for a year, one of my clients actually came to me and she said, I did some research. And what was the last, the last pandemic we had Spanish flu or something like that? Right. She said she she researched it. It lasted for about two, two and a half years. So <laughs> COVID's probably going to last about that long. But I would say, yes, it's changed me forever. One of the most important things is like my mornings will never be the same. Like I just I love it so much. It's such a uh, I just can't see myself going back to going to sleep late and getting up and being tired. Also, yeah, no, I like, I like this so much better. 
<laughs> I like this so much better. All that to say, like we said before, I'm in a very, you know, specific place where like I have a husband and so the less income is not so much of a problem. But I think if I did hit a place where I'm like, okay, I need to make like more money for real, for real, because like we need it. I think it would be very easy for me to switch back into that gear of like, all right, let's go, you know, like let's, let's knock it out. But for now, I think because I like this new life so much more, I could see this like being it. I could see, I could see this being my new life. Okay. So if we say, if we say, all right, brunch tomorrow at 11 o'clock in DC, that means that you have to say, Hey guys, can we push it back to one? Cause I need to journal and have my breakfast and, like <laughs> no but like my routine is done by like nine we're up at six so we're up at six and everything's kind of like knocked out by nine so no like it's a but well yeah who's doing stuff at 11 i mean all these that? entrepreneurs out here apparently <laughs> right yeah 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 no I think maybe I would adjust and do it earlier. Or yeah, I would say, hey, can we do it after this time so that I can do these things first? Yeah, because it has it's just become such a happy part of my my day and my life. Speaking of restaurants, I really miss having someone serve me. And so, yes, I could I could go get the food or have the food brought to my home. But having someone serve each course and Make sure my drink is refreshed and all of that is something I absolutely look forward to. And I did go to a restaurant um, recently. It's a, a national seafood chain, not Red Lobster. And they have this superfood salad that I just had, like, I, I, like I, I tasted. It was in my mouth and I was just ready for it. And so I found myself out one day and I was like, oh, I'm going to go get that superfood salad. It has like quinoa and uh, roasted sweet potatoes and it's just so, so good. And so I get there and they hand me a paper napkin and I'm mean, a paper napkin, a paper menu, and I'm looking at it and I don't see it. And so when the server comes back, I asked, hey, what happened to the fruit salad? Is it seasonal? Because the last time I had it was probably fall, winter of last year. And he said, no, it's always on the menu. But our menu is basically contracted to just the things that we can sell through without having to throw anything away. And because that has so many fresh ingredients, we haven't put that back on the menu. And I was like, what? I hadn't even thought about the fact that these restaurants are open, but only offering about 25% of their regular menu because they can't afford to bring in the fresher ingredients that you know won't last very long. They lose money on that stuff. And so I was like, this is terrible. Like I just, I felt, I was so deflated because I couldn't get what I wanted, but I also realized just, like the, the arduous task that these restaurants are going through to be able to stay in business and still employ some people made me feel like I, I want to support my, re my local restaurants even more so, just recognizing all that they're going through to, to be okay during this time. See, now when I hear these kinds of things, don't I'm with you, Jen. I, I am missing my favorite restaurant that would not be named in D.C., for which I had a little spot and a perch and a, like knew the bartender and my drink. He, I didn't even have to ask. He was just he just knew the particular brand of rosé that I needed. It was perfect. Anyway, but when I hear it was great. You had, you had such a good thing going. Clearly. Didn't I? I mean, it was like, <laughs> it's amazing. Was, it was, she had a moment. She, she witnessed it because because I, I used to do a thing. Anyway, when I hear that 
you know, restaurants are having to make changes or people are having to make changes. Even the kids are going to have to do things differently. They're going to be socialized in a different way, at least for the foreseeable future. And I do know a friend who has a small child who was socializing just fine. But in the months since COVID, now I saw the child recently and she's just like, whoa, she's much more skittish about people. She's very young, so she hasn't seen people aside from these core people. She's like, who y'all? Yes, you can forget that fast. <laughs> but what I hear comes up for me is this is a time to adapt. World War One, the world changed, shifted overnight. You know what? There's some good things that came out of out of the technology that was developed. And of course, a bunch of bad things that came out of the technology too, right? But it calls us forward to adapt. And I think, yeah, you know what? If people, these workforces can get a better work-life balance and spend more time with their families, and that means commercial real estate suffers, then commercial real estate needs to adapt. When uh, Steve Jobs and Apple had the brilliant idea to figure out why is the music industry still passing out these CDs when we have a way, hello Napster, to be able to transfer these electronic files, let's adapt. It blew up the market. Like they, they revolutionized. So yeah, so great. You know, not iPhone hasn't innovated on that note in probably a decade, haven't truly innovated like it did when it first burst on the scene and probably a decade. You can argue with me because Jen's making a face, but the idea being this is a good time for business to, businesses to adapt. Maybe we do need less commercial real estate. Maybe we should have better housing or something else is dedicated for that space. Maybe we should plant some more trees <laughs> and give up all this commercial real estate in the first place. Like, well, how are we going to adapt as a humanity? Because we all know that global warming and environmental concerns are rife of our time. Maybe this is the time where we get to reevaluate how we're spending that energy, both our human energy and our human capital and the fossil fuels are burning. I mean, I'm curious, open it up. Like the technology, what's going to change as a result of COVID? I'm fascinated by that prospect. How's the workforce going to change as a result of COVID? Yes, there's how many, how many millions of people, Jen, who are out of work right now? She always knows. 7.5 million people or something out of work. In the U.S.? In the U.S. alone. They estimate, I think, almost 10 million jobs have been lost and may not come back. May not come back. So that means those people have to adapt. Countries, you know, and I I can't, I'm not trying to be cavalier about it. Like, y'all got to adapt. It's not like that. But what are you going to do? You can't, the the cheese has moved. You got to find new cheese or go create your own cheese or go eat somebody else's cheese. (laughs) Somehow, if you're going to get cheese, you got to find a new target. And I think that there's some really... There's going to be bad, of course, and I think it'll be some good. I think it's bad because a lot of these corporations like Apple, they're always, and that's why they're on top. They're always innovating. They're always planning. But a lot of what people are experiencing today, the common folk, this was sudden. This happened instantly. So no one had a chance to plan. I don't foresee the planting of trees and I don't see organizations, I shouldn't say organizations, or I should say countries. I don't see this grandiose view of, oh, oh, we'll just have to modify. Unfortunately, I think we're, we're going to have some ramifications that are uncorrectable. If that's a word. Yeah. And, and I mean, in real talk, like we understand the time, the time that we're living in the world's not going to utopia. That ain't why it's not. Yeah. It's but, not. There, who's to say there won't be some air quote improvements as a result of COVID, as well as that things obviously that need to be changed. We're never going to utopia. That that you and I are in agreement on that. There's no, 
There's no dispute. Yeah, there'll be some some very specific and and uh, niches where they will prosper again. Just the electronic environment, as you mentioned, like what we're doing now, we're over Zoom for our our listeners, uh, so we can see each other's expressions. I mean, I I wish I would have invested <laughs> into uh, you too. know Zoom before this happened, but um, so you know, again, it's it's for the elite. Folks, but not for the common folk like you and I. I know um, the three of you all are entrepreneurs in the sense that you rely upon commerce and and people moving about. And so Jennifer and I, you know, we are, uh, well, I mean, I guess in effect, Jennifer as well, because her job is contingent upon, I'm in the federal world as well. And so um, I probably, look, not that I'm crossing my fingers or anything, but I work for the federal government. So I, there is a bit of security there. But again, you know, you are my friends. And so you guys are affected. So I guess we'll just have to get a big house and live with each other. I'm calling dibs on the room. Trees. And plant new trees. Jenny's all yes. about the trees. Yes. I am. You know, you know, have you guys been to a park lately? Parks are exploding. And there are no more bicycles. People can't buy bikes. So we need trees. Yes, we need trees. What? People can't buy bikes? What? What? They bought them all oh, out. Oh, you just do the demand. Okay. I, uh, they can't keep up with the demand. Okay. Trees, parks, bikes. We need it all. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So, well, I guess the consensus is that COVID hasn't changed us forever, necessarily, but that there is opportunity to take what was forced upon us and create some good out of it to take into whatever the next iteration of life looks like. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. And in the meantime, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.